people in Greece and in other countries of the world are feeling uneasy about what's going on, especially with this global financial crisis. What do you read into it? I personally think it's simply the next stage uh, that was planned uh, by those that set up and planned the economic union in the first place. Because um, uh, if you go into the writings of John Maynard Keynes, who set up uh, the structure for this kind of economy that we're in today, where it's basically debt, a debt-based economy um, with nothing to back up money in itself except more and more loans and selling off the loans uh, for interest, etc., uh, he said that the next phase would be a structured world system, a global system, and that's where the IMF came into it. Uh, the IMF was eventually to come into its second phase, where it, it became uh, the distributor of debt for initially the regions, which is now the European Union, uh, the first part of it, and then for the whole world in itself. This, this last uh, financial crash we've had altogether seems to be tied right into this whole uh, elevation of the IMF into what it was originally set up to be in the first place. And uh, unfortunately, they picked Greece as to be the, uh, the example to the rest of the world. Uh, they're saying we can't go on like this. We need a global structure to distribute debt through the World Bank. And uh, countries are simply inept to handling their own finances anymore. This is the start of this, and they've picked Greece as the example. What are they trying to accomplish, ultimately? Uh, to take away uh, a form of sovereignty over your own uh, distribution of money, uh, your own governmental management of money, and uh, the IMF and World Bank uh, will permanently, eventually permanently be in charge of distributing the wealth of the world uh, two different uh, regions, as they call it, the, the nations. Now you're part of a region, and uh, to them it's more efficient, it's more power uh, for the world system. It's a global system, and they're telling us already we can't go on in this way uh, where countries are um, borrowing money and uh, spending money and not taking care of the bookkeeping properly. Uh, the world bankers, remember, there's only a few world bankers um, banking families that comprise the World Bank. These are the same banking families that lend to each nation at present individually. If they can do it through a world banking system, that takes care of their problem, less work for them, and uh, every country will be forced eventually to sign on to this new system. They're also talking about bringing in, of course, a new global currency altogether, uh, and that's also part of the structured system they're talking about. But as I say, you have to go into the writings in the 1940s and the 50s of the big players who set up the International Monetary Fund. And um, personally, uh, this whole crash uh, uh, was planned as far as I'm concerned. They keep saying that Greece cooked the books to get into the economic union. Now, there's not a country in Europe that didn't cook the books. In fact, the general public don't even know what the books uh, contain. Um, so that's nonsense in itself. Uh, this is a move, as I say, to push forward by using an example or creating an example uh, that we can't go on this way anymore and nations are, cannot be responsible for the kinds of money they're borrowing and spending uh, on, on their own people. Yeah. What period of past history does today's situation remind you of? Oh, well, they've done this before. Uh, we've had crashes, many crashes before, from the 1800s right through into the 20s and 30s. We were pulled out of it the last time simply by World War II. 
and a brief period of production because of the factories produced during World War II. Now they've been taken away because they decided to put most of them in China. Um, we're on a service-based economy. What's interesting about Greece, too, is, is Greece is one of the biggest uh, service-based economies where nothing, very little is really produced internally. Um, it's mainly imported and then distributed through different middlemen uh, around the people. It's a service-based economy. However, um, we also know that at world meetings with the World Bank and the IMF, the big players have written themselves uh, about the need to bring in a, a global system and that countries really are obsolete. Countries are obsolete. Nations are obsolete. The old-fashioned way of dealing with your own country locally is obsolete, and they want a centralized power to deal with all resources. That includes all the resources you have, for instance, in your country, and all the spin-offs from those particular resources. Um, and we also have infighting going on. Uh, I don't know if it's really infighting. It's really um, clubs. The, the European Union is formed by internal clubs above those which most people see in the Union itself, and very wealthy clubs. There's a big play on at the moment for uh, Dutch and German companies to take over even uh, the the tanker industry, the world tanker industry for uh, for carrying goods across the oceans. Greece is a big, still a big player in that. It has um, sort of sovereignty over its own affairs there. I think they're going for, for this kind of thing. This might even be part of the deal that they'll come to with Greece to give up uh, the rights to your natural resources uh, to a great extent, maybe completely even, and and also to your to your abilities to keep the big tanker industries going. I know Maersk really wants to rule the, the seas, uh, and the big banks in Germany are backing them to take over. Are you optimistic about uh, the future of humanity? Do you think that people will resist this? I think that oh, definitely there'll be, uh, as we see already, that they've expected trouble. Um, the NATO and the defense industries and the Department of Defense for, for Britain and NATO and the U.S. Defense Department, uh, all these countries have issued uh, um, st- not just statements but 90-page reports on the coming riots, which they expect to happen. They published them before the crash, by the way, so they knew it was coming. And they, they simply say it's, it's something we must go through to restructure this world into a more manageable, expertly run system. Uh, where people have no longer uh, the, the, the privacy of doing their own bookkeeping in their own sovereign countries. That's obsolete now, apparently. And the exp- during this period of austerity, as they're calling it, what it's really about is teaching us we're, we're a non-consumerist society anymore. And at the same time, uh, they're, they're teaching us that the services that we provide through our own taxations uh, no longer go back on the people. Not much really did in most countries go back to the people but what they're really doing is, is taking away even the rights to that, uh, and most of the money will go for debt collection and, and share, what they call sharing the wealth of the world, which is a, a misnomer in itself. Now, you've used they're teaching us and they're teaching us quite a few times. What should we be teaching ourselves or our children? Um, what we should be teaching them is, is the, even the, the, the more recent histories of the setup of the World Bank, uh, there's lots of writings put out there by those involved. As I say, John Maynard Keynes said that uh, Bretton Woods Agreement, when we went off gold standards, nothing to back the money, just borrow and sell off the debt. He said this is part one. 
He said, we in our lifetime will not see uh, the part two come in. He says, but that's our goal, this sort of golden age where the, where the elites would get uh, the rights to rule the world through experts uh, rather than leave it to countries and sovereign nations themselves. And uh, it would also, as I say, be a redistribution of wealth, uh, austerity. They're going to take us off the consumer-type systems and also uh, take us down as far as, as I say, getting something back from all the taxes that you pay into the system. Uh, it was to be a brand-new scientifically designed society uh, and post-democratic, by the way. That's the term they used, post-democratic. Uh, that term has been floated again over and over by the Club of Rome, uh, that is the premier advisor uh, as a think tank for the United Nations and the World Bank and the IMF. They said we're now in a post-democratic system. <clears throat> so really you're in a, a system which is run by experts and, uh, as they call themselves, and we can't go on living the way we, we used to live. Uh, they want uh, uh, regional and global uh, structures set up. Uh, the European Union itself is only one part of the global structure. Uh, the NAFTA agreement and the integration of the Americas is the second one. And they also have been working since 1920 on the setting up of the Pacific Rim, the APAC countries. And that's what they've done already. China is to be the main country uh, ruling over Australia, New Zealand, etc., etc. But everyone ultimately is to be under the authority of the of, uh, United Nations. And through a period of chaos and restructuring, uh, that's what they hope to eventually bring out of it. Their main problem right now is to manage the public perceptions um, as we go through the, the vast changes which are planned. Do you mind if I ask you a personal question? Yes. You have come across as a person who finds what is considered as normal or acceptable by most as limiting. What have you been seeking? Um, what happens really is when you break out of the simple stories we're given in the media, uh, and, and what I, I could never figure out, even as a, a youngster, I couldn't figure out why the media would give you what was almost side effects of events that were happening rather than tell you the reasons behind them. Uh, they, they have brains, they have intellect, they have uh, training, and yet uh, I could go into libraries as a youngster and pick up books uh, from the United Nations, world meetings, global meetings, uh, the Club of Rome, and read their own writings, and, and then suddenly everything makes sense as to why things are actually happening. Uh, at world meetings, um, they don't sit down and make wish lists. They literally plan the future. They sign agreements. They then present those agreements uh, as, as laws to be signed by national countries. Your national countries sign them. We've been doing this since 1946, since they signed the... The, the, the treaty at San Francisco for the, the United Nations, and uh, there's no debate in any parliament. Uh, it, it's an astonishing system. We've really been post-democratic for a long time, and, and they've, they've kept the illusion of democracy going in order to keep the people calm and working along quietly. Uh, and as I say, we experience the side effects of things and we say, oh my, we, I guess we've got to accept this and we've got to accept that. What can we do? But we're not told the real long-term agenda as we actually live through it. I think people are feeling helpless. That's the intention of it, is to create an apathy. And they, they actually wrote about this. Uh, certain people uh, that advocated the scientific system and, and uh, attended the world meetings, like Lord Bertrand Russell and uh, Julian Huxley, who worked at UNESCO, 
to bring in a, a world standardized educational system uh, and, a, and, a, and a common reality, in other words. Uh, Julian Huxley said that we've got to create a form of apathy amongst the public. When the public are apathetic and feel helpless, they turn uh, to those who have already uh, the trained uh, answers, basically they're trained to put the answers across to the public uh, and, and guide us along this path. They're actually guiding us along a path to global governance, uh, post-democratic, as I say. Do you think that the Internet is helping in uh, spreading the word, spreading this information that you're um, sharing with us now? It, it isn't, it, and it isn't, because the... Uh, uh, remember, the Internet came out of the military-industrial complex. They were using this during the Cold War, and uh, writers like Zygmunt Brzezinski um, foretold that it would come. He, he didn't mention the Internet per se. He mentioned a system of communication which would be, have many purposes, but one of them was to coll- collect data on every individual because in a complete society of where, where those who rule are in safety, everyone must be very predictable. Um, and they also talked about the coming information wars before we were given access to the Internet. So they set up their cyber, their teams in advance, uh, to, with, with fantastic funding, thousands of them, uh, to attract people in, uh, especially the youngsters. That was their target group. They were the ones who grew up in this new changing or change system and accept it. And, uh, you can't compete with these big sites that mix, um, a lot of different, um, formulas together and aspects of life together and guide them into a greening agenda, austerity again. Uh, mankind is simply not responsible. We're destroyers. We've got to leave it to experts. Uh, there's thousands of sites out there funded, again, uh, through the, the big agencies that work for the government, and uh, they do it full time. So it's very difficult to find out what's truth and what is not. What I rely upon myself uh, are the big official, um, uh, what they're called, foundational non-governmental organizations. They're, char- they're registered as charities. Uh, some of them, like, like Rockefeller, has sim- divisions within this charity of 30-odd trillion dollars to dispense uh, forming and guiding their, their own armies of NGOs along this path we're on now. And they're all shouting austerity, austerity cutbacks, uh, non-consumerism society, and expert guidance. That's their goal. And uh, there, there's a thousand main ones of them running our lives right now. I'd like to thank you so much for joining us. Uh, thanks for having me on. And uh, I wish us all good luck because we're all going to need it.